0: Welcome to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Hey everyone. I'm Meredith Curtis. Welcome to Finish Well Podcast. This is episode 179. Will the real Nicholas, Valentine, and Patrick stand up? Yes, we just finished Christmas, and we all talked about Santa Claus. We saw Santa Claus everywhere, and now we're heading into Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day, And we see little cupids and little hearts and, of course, little leprechauns for St. Patrick's Day. And it makes me wonder, who are these three people? And I have to tell you, I didn't even think about who they were until I was a homeschool mom. I just, when I thought of St. Patrick's Day, I thought of little leprechauns. When I thought of Valentine's Day, I thought of little cupids. But it turns out these three men are amazing men of God. And I want to introduce them to you today in the hopes that you will introduce them to your children. So I want to start with Nicholas. Nicholas was born in Turkey and he ended up becoming the Bishop of Myrna, which is in present-day Turkey. He was a really um, godly man who loved the Lord. His parents were very wealthy, so he grew up in a very wealthy home. And when he was a young man, his parents passed away and left him with a huge fortune, which he promptly gave away because he wanted to be Like the rich young ruler only to do the right thing and sell everything he had. But before he did, he had a friend who had three daughters. Now this friend had gone through some really hard times and so he was not going to be able to have dowries for his daughters and they would all end up going into slavery. So he was really sad and the daughters were really sad. So what Nicholas did is in the middle of the night, He snuck out and in those times windows were open and he went to the open window and he threw money in and it actually landed in some stockings drying by the fireplace. So yes, that's where we get that, but he threw the money in and the idea was that this would be the money for the dowry. So they were so excited because now the first, um, the first dowry was taken care of and he did this two more times so that each of the three daughters could have a dowry and would be able to um get married and not go into slavery. Well, when the father found out it was Nicholas, he was so grateful and he just was gushing with praise and thanks and Nicholas said, please promise me you will not tell anyone and that's the kind of man he was he was very generous but he didn't want anyone to know he always wanted to do things for the lord and for his glory but nicholas had another side to him he was actually a fireball and he loved the truth of god and he loved god's word and he stood very Firmly in defensive of it. it. There was a temple in his city that was a pagan temple, and the demons that inhabited the temple were causing a lot of trouble in his propagation of the gospel. So Nicholas took an axe, he went to the temple, and he chopped it down. That's right, he chopped it down. And they say um, that. Demons went shrieking out of the temple. It was quite a big ordeal. He also um, was a staunch defender of the people that he pastored and even the whole people of the city. He saw himself not just a pastor of those who belonged to him, but also those who were not yet believers but who might become someday so there was a famine in the area and he was very worried about the people in this city getting enough food so he went to some merchants in the port who were unloading grain to sell to another city and he said would you please give us some grain we are starving we don't know what to do and the the boat people said well, this doesn't belong to us and I, we want to, but we can't. Anyway, Nicholas said to them, if you give us the grain, I promise you that when you are unloading it to the owners, all of the grain will be there. What's all that's there right now will be there then. So they gave him the grain in faith and it was absolutely as he said, he prayed and God did a miracle. He also, Um, when things were really hard, the taxes were very difficult to pay because there was nothing to pay them with. So he went to Emperor Constantine, and Emperor Constantine waived and lowered the taxes for a period of time. So he came back to his city, he was so excited, and he told them, you know, we're going to only pay this much taxes. And of course, the tax people were really upset. But um, for Constantine had declared it, and so, you know, they knew they couldn't get around that. Well, finally, Nicholas went to the Council of Nicaea, and when he was at the Council of Nicaea, he, the, and if you're not familiar with the Council of Nicaea, that was called because many uh people like Arius were Claiming that Jesus didn't rise from the dead and it was becoming a real problem. So there was this big debate at the Council of Nicaea between Arius and his followers who said Jesus is not God and between Athanasius and Nicholas and their followers who said no, we've always believed Jesus is God. He is God. So there was a heated debate and Arius got in Nicholas' face and Nicholas punched him, that's right, Santa Claus punched him. And he went sprawling backward and Nicholas was put in jail. Now at the time, if you lost your temper, you could no longer be a pastor. And so Nicholas was—he it was taken away from him being a pastor. But while he was in jail, he repented, and the Lord came to him and said, "I'm going to reinstate you." And the emperor even came to him and said, "I think you should be reinstated." So the church reinstated him. But that was quite an adventure. So there you have it, Santa Claus. The real Santa Claus, the real Saint Nicholas, was a completely different person from the person that we imagine he was in America. The next person I want to talk to you about is Valentine. And when we think of Valentines, we think of, you know, little chubby cupids flying around and hearts and pink and red. I love decorating with pink and red at Valentine's Day. But who is This man, will the real St. Valentine, please stand up? Well, he was a pastor, and he lived during the time that men of God were being martyred for their faith in Jesus. And like many other pastors in the Roman Empire, he was arrested for preaching the gospel and for holding church services. And so while he was in jail, he his jailer had a daughter who was blind, and the blind daughter would come and visit Valentine, and he would talk to her about the Lord and actually won her to Christ. Eventually, he laid hands on her and prayed that she would be healed, and she was. She was no longer blind, she could see, and so it really impacted the jailer's family. They gave their hearts to Christ. But while he was in jail, he wrote letters from jail urging his flock to stay true to the Lord Jesus and not to worry that even if they should be martyred, it would be better to stay true to the Lord. So his letters, he wrote lots of letters, and they were full of love and full of affection as a pastor for his congregation. And that is where the idea of Valentine's comes from, these very pastoral, beautiful letters to his congregation now when you think about romantic love with valentine there was a reason because the emperor at the time wanted more um men in his army and men who got married tended to not sign up for the army so he actually for a season outlawed marriage well valentine knew that marriage was sacred to the lord and that it's better to marry than to burn with lust so valentine continued to marry people and that was another of the reasons that he landed in jail so i hope that gives you a truer picture of the real valentine he was definitely a very loving man and love we associate with valentine But it was the love of a pastor for his flock, a love for the Lord, and wanting people to do the right thing. Now let's go to Patrick. Patrick was just an amazing man of God, and nothing like a leprechaun. Patrick actually wasn't Irish. Patrick was British, and he lived um, over... Um, on the Isle of Great Britain and his parents were lovely Christians they were deacons in the church beautiful men a beautiful man and woman of God and they were constantly showing Patrick how to live calling him to faith but Patrick would have none of it he was a wild party animal he loved to party with his friends and get drunk uh, gamble do all kinds of things well one day he was out around carousing with his friends and some irish raiders came and they captured patrick and they took him back to ireland and sold him as a slave so patrick went from being a very rich um guy in Roman Britain to being a slave and to taking care of sheep in Ireland, which God actually used that to give him a heart for a flock, which, of course, he ended up being a pastor later in life. But while he was a slave, he remembered all the things his parents had said and he gave his heart to Christ. He repented and believed in Jesus. And then as he continued to pray, he prayed that he'd be able to escape and go home to his family. Eventually he was able to escape. And that's a whole miraculous story because the Lord told him to go, um, to this ship and they would, they would let him on. And when they went there, the ship said do you have any money and he said no so they said no way but then it ended up that they had a change of heart and they let him get on the ship so he went back to his home and told his family god has called me to ministry and eventually he went through all back then there was a lot of training involved a lot of school involved and he ended up during that time feeling called back to the place where he had been a slave, he felt called to go back to Ireland. Now, at the time, Ireland was full of people who were, you know, up to no good, serving Satan and not the Lord. And there were um, all kinds of demonic practices, worship. It was really not a safe place to go but but saint patrick went by then he was a bishop and he went with several um godly men and he led those men to reach the entire island for the gospel not without some very dramatic encounters between the power of god and the power of satan and and i'll let you research more into that because it's very very exciting Now, I want to talk to you about apples of gold in settings of silver, Um, and that's a session that I am doing in a conference that's coming up soon. I've been preparing to speak at the Life Skills Leadership Summit, and as I've been talking about this, that words of wisdom are like apples of gold in settings of silver, and I was thinking about these men and how their words were such a blessing to others, because that's what this verse really means, that, you know, our words should be a blessing to others. They should bring life not discouragement, and so I was thinking about Nicholas and how he spoke in the council of Nicaea, and how he spoke to the emperor to get the taxes lowered, and how he spoke to those shipmen to get the grain for his people. God allowed him to have words of wisdom, words that were received by others as words that were life, that were truth. He also um sent he pat uh, valentine also sent letters of encouragement and he talked to the jailer and the blind girl and the other people in jail so he had words of wisdom words that brought life words that brought truth and then the Saint Patrick spoke to Druid priests. He shared the gospel with the people of Ireland and later he wrote his testimony. So he was another man with his words were like apples of gold in settings of silver. And I want these men to inspire you as a parent because You have the opportunity to lead like they led and you have an opportunity to speak words of life like these men spoke words of life. These superheroes of the Christian faith can inspire you to be a parent that raises children to know and love the Lord. And even if your children are like Patrick, that they reject the Lord for a brief time, you can pray in faith that they will come back and serve the Lord with all of their hearts. I have um a book in our Powerline Prod in our store called Celebrate Our Christian Superheroes. It's also available at Amazon. Um and it basically this talks about So many men and women of God who do inspirational things, and maybe a lot of men and women you haven't heard of, or if you have heard of them, you don't know the whole story or why they are such superheroes of the faith. And so one of the things that we do in our home to teach our children about Christian superheroes, besides watching movies and reading lots of biographies, is to have a Heroes for Jesus party. And we usually do that at the end of October for Reformation Day. But Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day are perfect days to do it too because now you know what mighty men of God Valentine and St. Patrick and Nicholas all were. And basically what you do for a Heroes for Jesus party is you dress up and teenagers love this. You dress up as a Christian hero from another time period and you, um, you have stations We've done this outside, we've done this in a fellowship hall and you have little stations. Uh, we use tables that people can sit around. And the hero, the children arrive at the station and the hero talks about himself and the hero um, shares basically his testimony and then does a game or activity with them. For example, Lottie Moon was a missionary and she could not get the adults to listen to her. So she started making cookies and passing them out to the children and talking about Jesus. So at the Lottie Moon Station, she shared her testimony and about her life. And then we all... We had made sugar cookies and the kids decorated sugar cookies. So that's just one example, but there's tons more. All the heroes have costume suggestions and gamer activity suggestions. And you can purchase celebrate our Christian superheroes at Powerline Prod in our store, powerlineprod.com. I hope that you will begin to learn more and more about the superheroes in church history they are absolutely amazing and i bet one of your children just might become a christian superhero too i am so honored to be in with such great people in the past that that hall of faith that those witnesses they cheer us on as we run the race in our day and age so god bless you and next time someone talks about nicholas patrick or valentine's you know who they really were and why they are definitely worth celebrating see you next time Thank you for listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.